Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. In overtime, the white flag in the air. It's the credit one to go. Trouble. We got cars sideways off of turn four. Looks like Matt Kenseth was in it. Austin Dillon was in it. Daniel Suarez was in this as well. Cars spinning sideways. Everybody trying to gather them up. The yellow flag back out. NASCAR puts out the yellow flag, and that effectively gives the race win to Martin Truex Jr. He survives a late race scare, and then about a four-car crash along the front stretch here. Martin Truex Jr. will win for the first time at Kentucky Speedway, and his third win of the season comes about maybe not in the way he thought it would happen, but still a very remarkable performance for the driver of the 78. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and that's how you heard it right here last night on WGR as Martin Truex Jr. put a butt-whooping on the field at Kentucky last night. That courtesy of Doug Rice and the folks from the Performance Racing Network as Martin Truex drove to victory, and as I was listening to Mike's update there at the top of the hour, he added in that, that Truex won it in overtime, and immediately in my head, Play. Uh, I could hear RJ saying, wins it in overtime. And now I need to remember next time we have an overtime finish that we need to tack on. <laughs> Rick Jetterett saying wins it in overtime at the end of the highlight. It would have been very fitting. But Martin Truex dominates a mile and a half track once again. Not a real surprise as the 78 team chalks up yet more playoff points. And it's feasible that the 78 could almost be a virtual lock to make the Final Four at Homestead by the time the playoffs start. It's unbelievable the season that the 78 team is having with all their stage wins that they've piled up along with their three race wins and all the playoff points Martin Truex has been uh, stockpiling this year. He's up to 28 playoff points. If he wins the, quote, regular season championship, which is actually a thing this year, and gets the 15 bonus points on top of that, that's 43 points. That's over a race worth of points. So that would give him... He'd be basically having a one-race head start on the rest of the playoff field uh, at, at this point, which is going to be amazing. So uh, pretty much you almost can pencil in the 78 racing for the championship at Homestead this year. Uh, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Phone lines are open here this morning. If you want to talk about last night's race at Kentucky with the Cup Series, uh, IndyCar Racing today at Iowa, NHRA in Chicago, F1 in Australia, local racing in full swing, obviously. Uh, some tracks getting their shows. Actually, quite a few tracks had off this weekend. Uh, a couple tracks got rained out on Friday. But uh, if you got to, if you were at uh, Oswego last night for the Race of Champions, maybe you were at Ransomville on Friday or Lancaster last night or Genesee or State Line, wherever you were uh, this weekend, you want to talk about it too, 803-0551-888-550-2550. You can also tweet us. We're at Fast Track 550 on Twitter. 
and uh, Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. Coming up on today's program, we'll talk to Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com. Love talking to Jordan. Always has great insight. And he will join us at a quarter past here on Fast Track this morning. At the bottom of the hour, uh, local microsprint racer, the NY6A Microsprint Tour, which travels uh, some of the dirt tracks in the area, some of the smaller dirt tracks, too, the, some of the ones you might not have heard of that host more smaller cars like micro sprints and go-karts and whatnot. Uh, Tyler Walker, um, second, maybe third generation driver. Uh, his dad, Tommy Walker, used to race at Ransomville and became an official for some time. Now he helps his, his son's race, and one of them is, is Tyler Walker. And uh, he just picked up a couple of big wins over the 4th of July holiday. And a, a very... Uh, very great young man, uh, product of Niagara University. So we'll talk to Tyler at the bottom of the hour. We'll hit the local racing roundup as well, too, to close out this week's edition. But again, phone lines are open here right off the bat, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Martin Truex getting the win last night. Kyle Larson, what a drive for your points leader. Didn't even qualify. The car failed inspection and couldn't get it through pre-qualifying inspection in time, so he just started dead last 40th and came through the field to finish second. Not bad for Kyle Larson, and it it really is shaping up to be a battle of between the 78 and the 42. Obviously, the playoffs could be a totally different story, but so far this season, those two have been the the main focus of contention in the Cup Series. So they go one two again last night. Chase Elliott finishing third. Denny Hamlin fourth. Kyle Busch led a lot early. Was always great on the short run, but the long runs, the 78, would always seem to reel him in and, and pass Kyle, especially when NBC was on commercial, <laughs> which seemed weird. Uh, but Kyle, uh, his frustration for him continues. Again, JGR still without a win in 2017, including Kyle Busch, but he does finish fifth. Eric Jones, his impressive rookie season continues with a sixth-place run. Jamie McMurray, seventh. Joey Logano, eighth. Harvick and Blaney round out the top ten. Daryl Wallace Jr., how about him? Finishing 11th for Richard Petty, Petty Motorsports. Unfortunately, he could be out of the car, though, very soon if you caught on the telecast last night that Eric Almirola is close to being cleared, uh, which is ahead of schedule, I believe, for that back injury he suffered at Kansas. Uh, Bubba, or excuse me, um, Eric could be back in the car as soon as New Hampshire next weekend, which is amazing that he'll be back in the car, which which is great for Eric Almirola. Glad he's healed and everything, but it, it stinks for Daryl Walls Jr. because that means he is out of the ride completely because uh, at the same time he was uh, moved to the 43 car to fill in. Uh, he lost his Xfinity Series ride with Roush Fenway as they shut that team down. So uh, good to see Bubba have a good showing and maybe hopefully line himself up with uh, something for uh, later this year or going looking ahead toward 2018. So he finished 11th. Dale Jr. was 12th. Clint Boyer caught up in an early race incident but wound up 13th. Uh, Stenhouse 14th. Danica Patrick 15th. And uh, looking at the rest of the lineup, a couple of guys getting involved in some incidents. Kurt Busch blew an engine late in the race, finished 30th. And then uh, Casey Kane, Trevor Bain, they got caught up in an incident, finished 37th, 38th. And then Brad Keselowski and Jimmy Johnson got together early in the race and finished 39th and 40th last night. So some big names having some rough days. But uh, looking at the point standings, another win for Martin Truex. Three on the year, one point behind Kyle Larson for the series lead. And again, now has 28 playoff points and uh, is looking to be a shoe-in uh, for already for the championship. But just with those playoff points, when they get added to his total, it will give him such an advantage in the standings that he is going to be hard to bump out of the top four uh, through the playoff rounds unless he has just complete failures in, in a round during the playoffs. Just it. it 
like I said, I think you can pencil in the set. If you're a bracketologist in NASCAR, you could uh, pencil in the 78 going to the final four. Uh, Kyle Busch is third in points, though, which is good for him since he's still without a win. But right now he's got such an advantage uh, in the standings that as long as he keeps running as consistent as he does, he should qualify for the playoffs without the win. Harvick, Elliott, McMurray, Hamlin, Kozlowski, Johnson, and Boyer are your top 10. Matt Kenseth is 11th, and he is on the bubble. He would be the last guy in on points. We talked about this last week, as uh, now he's 7 up on Joey Logano. Uh, he actually gained 4 points on Logano last night. So Logano, again, still the first car out, um, 7 points back of Kenseth. And as it stands right now, that's the closest battle. All the guys ahead of Kenseth have enough of a buffer right now, where, unless, again, unless they have just some complete terrible runs here than over the next couple of weeks as long as they keep doing what they're doing um they should make the playoffs the, it'll only get tricky is if we get a few more new winners here as uh, we continue to progress through the regular season um which again is still possible with the names that you know we've documented it plenty the last couple of weeks the, the names that don't have wins if we add a few more winners this year then it could get tightened up really it's just that last spot 16th uh, between Kenseth and Logano is the closest. Speaking of Matt Kenseth, though, the biggest news of the weekend uh, coming from Matt Kenseth uh, during some uh, pre-race uh, po- uh, pre-race uh, media availability, uh, Matt Kenseth uh, enlightening everyone onto his plans for 2018, and that is he's got he doesn't have any plans for any 2018 as it stands right now. Uh, Kenseth admitting that he will likely not be back with Joe Gibbs Racing next year that he doesn't really have anything lined up yet for 2018. He's concentrating on this year, winning a race, qualifying for the playoffs, and uh, he has got nothing uh, lined up for 2018, which adds to this silly season drama that has been swirling around the garage here uh, ever since uh, you know Dale Jr. announced back in April that he is going to be retiring after this year, and uh, it seems like that Matt is going to be the leading candidate, at least around the, the rumor mill, that Kenseth will leave the 20 car after this year, and he could be the new driver of the 88 car next year uh, for Hendrick Motorsports and kind of be a stopgap for Hendrick until uh, William Byron maybe, until they're ready to maybe bring William Byron up to the Cup Series, who's having a pretty good year in the Xfinity Series, uh, picked up a win. Uh, I think last weekend he picked up uh, his first Xfinity Series win. Um, And uh, so as soon as they're ready to bring him to the Cup Series, maybe Kenseth for a year or two, and then they'll move, maybe move Byron up. So uh, another piece in the puzzle uh, that is thrown up in the air for the, the silly season maneuvers. And it, it, then the, the next question is, if well, who's going to fill in for the 20? Uh, who's going to take over the 20 next year? And uh, uh, Kyle Busch hinting that it's likely going to be Eric Jones. Uh, of course, Jones, uh, in his rookie season in the Cup Series, currently drives for Furniture Row Racing, although he is still under contract with JGR as a development driver. Of course, races for them in the Xfinity Series. And Furniture Row is, you know, pretty much kind of a, a sister team to JGR. It'll be interesting that if that if that if that domino then falls, then what happens in the seventy seven car? Because Furniture Row just created that team this year. They hired a whole bunch of people to to start a second car operation. Remember, they were one, they've been a one car team with the seventy eight for several years. Now they finally become an elite level operation, thanks in part to their partnership with Joe Gibbs and Toyota. They were able to expand to two teams. They got sponsorship uh, from Five Hour Energy, which is also another tricky part of the '77 situation. I'll explain in a minute. But if Jones goes to the 20, does Furniture Row keep the '77 car open for next year, or do they do they close it back down? And unfortunately, all those people they hired will be out out of work. 
Um, it would seem silly to, for them to do that, but you know maybe it was just uh, maybe it was just a deal with Joe Gibbs that they would just kind of open this seat for Eric for a year until he until he was able to go over to JGR. The other interesting thing is with the seventy seven team is their sponsorship Five Hour Energy. It, it because of Monster Energy coming aboard as the uh, title sponsor for the Cup Series, it puts it in a tricky situation because since they're the main series sponsor, they're an energy drink. It kind of excludes other energy drinks from sponsoring Cup cars unless you're grandfathered in like Five Hour Energy is because they were a previous sponsor before Monster came to the sport. It's kind of like when Sprint and Nextel came on board and you still had AT&T sponsoring Jeff Burton uh, and the 31 car. They stayed in the sport for a couple more years because they were grandfathered in because they were sponsoring the 31 before Nextel and Sprint came aboard. Same thing here with Five Hour Energy. So Five Hour Energy can't go anywhere else. If they want to stay as a a sponsor in the sport as a a primary car in the in the uh, Cup Series, they could go sponsor Xfinity Series cars if they want. Um, they'll have to stay at the seventy seven team, so that might just be uh, some uh, a good option for the folks at Furniture Row, knowing that their sponsor might not be able to go anywhere else. They might stay with them. So who would they get to put in the seventy seven car next year if these uh, these predicted moves happen with Kenseth out to the eighty eight? Jones to the 20, and then the next domino to fall would be who's in the 77 car. And then, of course, you still got other question marks. We've talked about them. Casey Kane, Danica Patrick, obviously, um, both possibly could be out of their rides uh, for next year uh, for uh, 2018. If you notice, by the way, speaking of Danica, if you notice on her car last night, she had Nature's Bakery back on her car. Uh, uh, of course, the Nature's Bakery and Sewer Haas Racing were in a big legal tangle over uh, their their sponsorship contract uh, for last season and Nature's Bakery suing because they felt that Danica and Stuart Haas didn't fulfill their commitments. Uh, I don't know all the details, but they settled uh, their agreement, and uh, part of the deal is Nature's Bakery is coming back to be on Stuart Haas cars. They've got this race. They had yesterday with Danica, and then I think they have three races, but it's going to be on the 14 at Clint Boyer. Um, probably because they've got a little more room to fill in the 14 car, whereas Danica is kind of, I'm, I'm assuming her sponsor slate is filled up um, for the rest of the season. Um, so that's why uh, you'll see Nature's Bakery on the 14 coming up uh, later on this year. So it, it, I know it's not, it's we're, I, I find the business part of the sport just as interesting as the on-track part of the sport, I guess. And uh, we're still waiting to get Jordan Bianchi on here from SB Nation. Um but I, I, I find that other part fascinating, I guess, just as much as I do uh, the on-track stuff. And uh, last night's race wasn't wasn't a ton to talk about because the, the 18 and the 78 kind of just blew everybody out of the water. So uh, I just – but the, the Kenseth news was obviously huge. That broke on Friday. And uh, when you have a major star like that and also, you know, in, in with uh, his move, uh, obviously that was big news that he revealed that he's going to be leaving the car. Uh, I think that is just as, as interesting to talk about as it is uh, the on, the on track product from last night. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Uh, some interesting comments from Brad Keselowski following the race last night. Uh, Brad, again, was involved in an early race incident, uh, spun out, um, got into the 14 at Clint Boyer, who, and they bounced off of Jimmy Johnson, which knocked Johnson out. And uh, Keselowski was uh, not shy after the race uh, talking about that and uh, basically kind of calling out the design, the current Gen 6 car 
in the Cup Series and how it is not conducive to uh, good on-track racing, which could possibly draw the ire of the folks in Daytona in the NASCAR offices if maybe uh, he gets uh, either a phone call or a fine of some kind for those comments. With that, though, let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in from SBNation.com. And in fact, he wrote about this on SBNation.com. Jordan Bianchi joins us once again. Jordan, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you once again. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, well, let's start with that since I just happened to bring it up while we were waiting to get you on the line. Brad Keselowski's comments last night, and you wrote about it on SBNation.com. And I don't know, do you think those were some fine-worthy comments by the driver of the number two car? No, NASCAR's uh, approach to this is, is much more progressive than it used to be. I mean, their, their line in the sand is if you criticize the sanctioning body and its integrity, they're going to find you. But if you're critical about the racing or you're not happy about the car or tracks or something like that, they're typically not going to issue a fine. Now, they might, you might hear about it. You might be called into the hauler and have a little chit-chat with some of the NASCAR executives. But in terms of a penalty and such, I don't think so. And let's be honest. I mean, I think if you watched that race last night, that you could, you could see that there are some issues with the car. With the, mm. and that NASCAR isn't necessarily putting out the best product it needs on the intermediate-style tracks, which were like Kentucky. And this has been an issue that's been ongoing, and NASCAR's taking great steps to address it, but it's still an issue. No, I agree. Uh, definitely the, the mile-and-a-half product has been lacking for several seasons, and you're right, it was on display last night with Martin Truex and Kyle Busch both kind of dominating the races at times. And, uh, Jordan, you look at the performance of the 78, and it was kind of classic them last night with a dominating run like that. But uh, the number that, that's starting to grab me is the number 28, and that's the amount of playoff points that Martin Truex now has stockpiled. And if he you know, wins the regular season championship, that'll put him at well over 40 playoff points. And uh, he's, he's virtually almost a lock here to be running for the championship at Homestead just by that big a head start he's got in the playoff point category. You're absolutely correct, and that is the big number, 28 right now in the playoff points he has. And you look at it, and if you can avoid any significant issues, now he basically has like a mulligan, maybe even two mulligans built up where he can have a bad race, maybe two, and not fall out of the playoffs. And that's going to be a huge thing because you look at this team and their area of strength. They are so good on the mile-and-a-half racetracks. All three of his wins this year, Las Vegas, Kansas, and last night at Kentucky, are on mile-and-a-half racetracks. And look at how the playoffs are set up. Five of the ten playoff tracks are on the same size tracks as that. That really bodes well for this team. So you, you have to figure they're going to have the speed it's going to carry through, so they're going to be in contention to win races. And even if they don't win races, and even if something happens, they still in their back pocket have these 28 points. No one's a lock to make it to Homestead in a van race for the championship, but they are as close as you can be in a lock under this format. Uh, circling back to the, the Penske cars, Jordan, uh, both teams are kind of kind of struggling, and it might not always be their own fault. We talked about Brad, his incident last night. I, I think I read that's like his third or fourth crash in the last seven, eight races. And then you got the, the 22s struggling, although they finished eighth last night. They led some laps. Uh, zero playoff or zero stage points for Joey during the race, whereas Matt Kenseth got nine stage points. And even though Kenseth finished 17th, he still gained four points on Joey Logano. Uh, do you think that the, the Penske cars can get out of their funk here and uh, get that the 22 team back in the playoffs? It's going to be interesting, and you look at it, you know, the, the speed isn't there for the Penske cars, and I thought Steve Letard had a really good point last night in the coverage, and that since they've had issues going through inspection and they lost their crew chiefs and they had these points deductions, 
they're not taking as many chances with their suspension cars. So mm-hmm. their cars aren't have as much speed anymore, and that's impacting them on the track. I mean, Keselowski's got two wins this year. That's great. Well, those came much earlier in the year. Logano has not been the same over the last six, seven races. The speed hasn't been there. If there's a saving grace for that organization, it's Ryan Blaney, who's been doing well, has performed well, had a top-ten finish last night, won a few weeks ago at Pocono. But he's kind of a, a third satellite team, so he's not a direct link to that team. Um, there's still plenty of time for Logano to turn around the performance, and there's a lot of great tracks coming up. Pocono, Michigan are two tracks particularly where he does really well at. But they're going to need to win. It's kind of shaping up because, they're, you know, something's going to happen weird. We, last year we had you know, Chris Boucher at, at Pocono had the fog-aided fog win at, at, there that got him in. Mm-hmm. The road cars are walking the line. You guys know this. It's in your backyard. Things can happen that we have surprise winners with A.J. Allmendinger, you know, lurking out there. Something like that happens again. That really is going to put Logano on that team in a hole. They're not racing for points necessarily right now. They've got to win. That, that's their key to getting in the playoffs. Jordan Bianchi from SB Nation joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Of course, Jordan, the, the weekend got off to a, a bit of a frenzy with the news on Friday with Matt Kenseth uh, pretty much saying that he's done with the, the 20 team or likely done with the 20 team following this year. And uh, it's going to be fun when more of these dominoes start falling in this silly season. Uh, where do you think this all goes now? With is it, it? Do you think it'll follow the likely scenario with Kenseth to the eighty-eight, Jones to the the twenty? Do you, or do you think uh, there might be a surprise in store for us as uh, the the seat starts to shuffle for twenty eighteen? I think there's definitely be a couple surprises. There's always at least one or two out there. And there's a couple big names that, you know, Kurt Busch, for example, his contract isn't guaranteed with Stuart Haas Racing next year. He's got an option on his deal. They haven't picked that up yet. It's contingent on sponsorship. So there's a scenario where Kurt Busch is a free agent. Eric Almirola is a free agent. Um, we've heard about Ryan Blaney maybe moving from the Wood Brothers back to Penske. And you talk about Matt Kenseth. You know, Eric Jones is certainly going to replace him in the number 20 car. That's not been announced, but it's an open secret. That is the plan that's been in place for a year. Eric Jones will be driving that car next year. And where Matt Kenseth ends up is a great question. There's a scenario he could end up at Hendrick for a year or two, kind of bridge the gap until William Byron is you know, ready to come up and race full-time in Cup. Um, there's a scenario where Matt Kenseth could race, you know, move over to Fridge Row Racing and basically swap seats with Eric Jones. But there's some questions there whether or not that's the right fit or not. So there, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. And there's a real realistic scenario where Matt Kenseth may not be with the same caliber team that he's used to being with because if Hendrick Motorsports decides to move in a different direction and move up William Byron before you know necessarily he's ready or has that full you know couple of years of experience in Xfinity and Furniture Racing decides to go in a different direction with a different driver, uh, Matt Kenseth can be looking at some options that aren't really something he's used to or he, you know what he wants to end his career racing for wins and championships, he might not have that ability to do so. Jordan, have you heard the future of the 77 team since Jones is likely going to the 20? Is that 77 car guaranteed to come back next year, or is there a chance that they just fold that that team because it maybe was just set up just to give Jones a seat for this season? Well, there, it, it could go away, and I know Barney Visser last night after Truex's win said it's not secure and they don't have sponsorship for it, and they're kind of hedging their bets, and they're, they're playing their cards very close to the, the, their chest. I've been told by people very close to that organization was that that team is coming back next year. And this is the reason why. Toyota has a lot of money invested in furniture Oil racing, mm-hmm. specifically added that organization to their portfolio because they wanted more Toyota cars on the track. And having two furniture Oil cars on the track has done very well for them. Look at how Eric Jones has done this year. So to take that away kind of goes against what they're trying to build there. 
And you look at the young drivers that Toyota has through their pipeline. Christopher Bell's racing in the truck series. is going to probably move to the Xfinity series next year. They want to have that seat there for these young guys that are coming up. So to move that opportunity away is really going to hurt them. They're going to go out and they're going to find a veteran driver. Maybe it's Kenseth. Maybe you go out and look at a Kurt Busch who used to race for that team before. Casey Kane's name is out there possibly. So they're going to have options. Now, how they come up with the funding is going to be interesting. But this is a team that is self-funded for a long time now. They don't have a problem doing it. They actually have more sponsors than ever before. Yep. Uh, Martin Truex's sponsorship with Bass Pro Shops and everything. So if Barney Visser has to write a check to keep the 77 car on the track next year, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And last thing, can you put a number on it for me? What are what is the percent chance that Brad Keselowski does not wind up back at Penske next year? Is is there a chance because it's you know not not a done deal, obviously, that he's going to resign? I think as long as the contract's not signed, there's certainly a chance, but it's not a new chance. He likes he likes Team Penske. Penske likes him. He's a good fit. And uh, the only opportunity really for him to keep the same caliber of team that he's with now would be Hendrick Motorsports. And that just doesn't seem like it's an option right now. It kind of goes against what they're building for towards the future. He's a Penske guy. He's going to stay with Penske. They're ironing out the details. I expect an announcement soon about the extension. Uh, Jordan, what can race fans uh, read from you this week at SBNation.com as the Cup Series uh, heads to New Hampshire? Well, we were talking about all the silly season and everything, and we will have a midweek silly season update on what's going on. A lot of new stuff that's kind of come out the last few days. Look for that Wednesday or Thursday on SBNation.com. Very good. You can also follow him on Twitter, Jordan underscore Bianchi. Jordan, as always, appreciate the time, my friend, and the insight. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Look forward to it. Thanks. All right. Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com. Appreciate his time. We come back. We're going to talk to Tyler Walker. He's picked up, he picked up a couple of micro-sprint wins over the 4th of July holiday. A, a very talented young man. We'll talk to him next year on Fast Track on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan for my friends at Batavia Downs. You need to discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination because they have over 800 of the hottest and in-demand video game machine, and they're adding new ones all the time. And, of course, while you're there at Batavia Downs, there's lots to do. You can play the video game machines, check out the great restaurants, of course, watch the live harness racing and wager on it, and now you can even stay the night at their hotel, too. And my favorite part about Batavia Downs, as always, is, of course, 34 Rush. Thurman Thomas' sports bar right inside there at Batavia Downs. Go in, grab a bite to eat, grab a beverage, sit down. Tons of HD TVs. All your favorite sports are on. Baseball, uh, rate. Horse racing, auto racing, all the all, all the kind of horsepower you want to see, they're going to have it on the TVs there at Batavia Downs. They got the big 15 foot projection screen as well uh, for the big special events you can watch, and uh, you can wager on uh, live uh, horse racing from around the country and check it out there too on the TVs at 34 Rush, and you can see Thurman's memorabilia on display, his Hall of Fame jacket, jerseys from when he played here in Buffalo, and much much more. Batavia Downs is open every day from 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. They're right off the thruway exit 48. You can't miss it. For more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information and all promotions and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 78 Furniture Road Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. When did Martin Truex develop a southern drawl? He's from New Jersey. Eleven thirty-five here at WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Dave Buchanan here, WGR's Fast Track. Martin Truex there, your winner last night at Kentucky in the Cup Series, third win of the year. Uh, coming up at five o'clock this afternoon at uh, the Iowa Speedway, the IndyCar Series back in action. Will Power on the pole for Team Penske. Jared Hilda bring qualifying second. Uh, Elio Castroneves third. 
at Carpenter, Takuma Sato round out the top five starters. Uh, points leader Scott Dixon way back in 17th there as uh, a short track race for the uh, for the uh, IndyCar crew. Uh, they'll be in Toronto next weekend for uh, the race up there at Exhibition Place, the Honda Indy Toronto. Uh, hopefully you get a chance to check that out. NHRA in action this weekend there in Chicago over the Route 66 Raceway. Brittany Forrest, number one qualifier in top fuel. Robert Height in funny car. Greg Anderson in Pro Stock, and uh, Ellie Tonglet was the number one qualifier in Pro Stock Motorcycle. A name jumped out at me on the uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle uh, a ladder for today. Uh, they have a driver by the name of Joey Gladstone in Pro Stock Motorcycle, and I, my first thought was, gee, I didn't know Uncle Joey from Full House went into drag racing. Uh, so that was my, uh, my, my Twitter joke uh, for the morning. And... Uh, so uh, that is also uh, coming up this afternoon. So you've got some uh, TV options for some racing uh, with IndyCar and NHRA in action. Let's go to the AT&T hotline, though, and bring in a driver that picked up a couple of wins during the 4th of July holiday. He is a recent graduate of Niagara University. He races in the NY6A Micro Sprint Tour. Tyler Walker joins us on the line. Tyler, what's going on, man? Congratulations on a, a big weekend. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it, Dave. Um, you know, I've grown up listening to you announce, uh, especially while I was following Eric Rudolph through, you know, his ranks in the asphalt and, and dirt circuits. And, uh, you know, when you messaged me the other day, I was really blessed uh, that you're thinking of me. Well, I, I saw you got those two big wins and always uh, try and get guys that uh, fresh off some wins or going to big events. So thought we'd get you on. And, of course, uh, your dad's a great guy. Worked with him at Ransomville and Lancaster when he was a flagman. Of course, now he's helping you and your brother Wyatt with the, your microsprint operation. And you picked up wins at, at the Paradise Raceway and Weedsport on July 3rd. And that's got to be a, a big feather in your cap to uh, win at a racetrack like Weedsport like that in front of a huge crowd in a top-notch facility. Yeah, as we're speaking now, Hanky, uh, before the races, you know, that's kind of like our Daytona because we're put on that main stage. Um, we Sport did a, an incredible job of promoting their event because they created the $20 car load to actually go to the races because, you know, go to your normal track, it's, it's like $18 to get into the pits or into the stands. So um, stands were packed up on Victory Hill, felt amazing, you know, and, and I got to pay it all forward to my father. Um, because, you know, he, he really works hard to, to give us what we got. But, no, yeah, the, the weekend was incredible. You know, we're really backed by some great sponsors, 1911 established in downtown Delhi, uh, up in Grand Ave in Auburn, New York, up there. So, um, you know, we're really focused on winning this championship this year. I'm actually on my way back from Louisville, Kentucky right now from an event for work. So um, I was going to miss one of the events on Friday, but now it looks like we're going to be able to plug in here to rest the races and hopefully capture that championship yeah you run with the the uh, ny6a uh 600 micro sprint tour and uh, i know we've had uh, danny knoll here on the show in the past hits kids also racing that series and it's an interesting series because you run on a, a lot of different racetracks you run it at, at you know genesee and weedsport those are maybe and freedom those are maybe some of the bigger tracks that you run on but you run on some real small tracks too places you know like bradford and, and paradise uh you know, very tiny tracks that are, are more designed for your type of race car or even a go-kart versus a, a full-size uh dirt stock car and I, i'm sure as a driver it it sets up for you're having to change your style almost every event yeah, the smaller tracks are more really my forte, um, you know, because anybody can hop on a big track and, and hold their foot to the floor. So I look forward to these smaller tracks because I'm able to finesse the car a little bit more. 
Um, earlier in the year, we went out to Illinois to the High Bank Hustle. Um, 10,000 win, 132 cars on a little eighth mile. Um, banked up like Bristol. And, um, you know, going out there really makes you step up your game because you're going against people pulling up, you know, in stackers and stuff, you know, brand new equipment. Um, so, you know, I really look forward to getting up to old Bradford Speedway. I watched some videos on Facebook of Rudolph when he was racing there in the big block car. That's going to be an incredible track. Um, you know, Paradise is good size. Um, we really got our setup back up there. We won there last week. So, um, you know, I, I really look forward to the smaller tracks. You know, um, unfortunately, there's not as many in New York. Mm. But, you know, I'll take what we get. And, uh, you know, we give them hell each time we're out there on the track. Uh, real quick for the race fans that don't, don't know, uh, can you maybe describe what a, a 600 micro sprint is? They're very when you look at them, they they look like a scaled down sp- uh, sprint car. You know, maybe what they're familiar seeing with like a World of Outlaws or, or some of the tracks that run 360 sprints. Kind of break down what makes up a 600 micro sprint. Yeah, so in essence, the setup is you know same as a big sprint car. You know, we drive here. Um, you know, everything's all tilt. Really, same difference. Um, well, I run a 636 Kawasaki, and um, you know we we really figured out. And uh, what was really cool is we we're able to race against you know Scott Cruder um, and Daryl Ruggles, who are both you know 360 competitors at Wheat Sport. And um, you know we put on a show. Now I know Scott started a little bit back in the in the pack there, so to include a race against him, but um, you know to to race these cars and, and to look at the big cars and go be around them, you know, it, it makes you kind of want to get into the bigger cars. But I have a lot of fun with these because, you know, they're just, when you get these cars on a smaller track, they're just wicked. Um, you know, I, I was looking at the lap times from uh, my laps on Sunday, or yesterday I was, and um, we're actually turning about, you know, 90, 100 miles an hour uh, up there at Wheat Sport. Wow. So, was, uh, so we're cooking. You know, it's not... You know, I mean, the, the engines are smaller than that, but we only weigh 700-something pounds, so, you know, we're really whipping our... Well, I'm a little bit heavier. I'm like 800, <laughs> 100 pounds over. <laughs> but, um, but you know, we're still whipping around the, the tracks and uh, turning faster laps than all the other classes that are actually there. Well, we'll just chalk that up because you're probably a little bit older than maybe some of your fellow competitors. Uh, th- that's all. That That's why you might have a little bit more weight. Uh, you mentioned it there briefly. Uh, what... Your what, what? Let's start with your your future racing goals. It, I, you're a, you know, a veteran of these micro sprints, but you admit you're having tons of fun and being successful. But is a move to a a 360 sprint uh, a goal for you, or is it maybe to go into a dirt modified? What what would you like to do in the future with your racing? Yeah, we'll see. Um, in the past, and I know all the listeners on here uh, remember original Pete's logs with Bob Cardova, and unfortunately, you know, bless his soul, he uh, he passed away in 2015 or, or 14. Sorry. And, um, you know, we were looking to, to make that next step up. But, um, you know, it just it takes a, a really huge financial booklet to get in that 360 program, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it's really not in our reach. So um, racing for me is more, more about having fun. But the focus has, you know, transferred from me over to my younger brother, Wyatt Walker, who's now 15 years old. And, um, you know, I really just wanted to see him succeed. You know, I could care less how I do. As long as I see him succeed, you know, that, you know, makes me content with whichever. So um, hopefully, you know, I, I'm doing all these different businesses that I'm working with now, looking for different opportunities to give him that opportunity that I never had to maybe go into a different form of racing. 
Um, but, you know, we're, we're blessed by, you know, 1911 established and Beacon Skiff Apple Orchards. But you can get 1911 established in Wegmans, you know, just a quick shout out, uh, you know, hard cider. But um, hopefully with, you know, them and my brother's growth, we can do something with him. Um, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. I was in Vietnam living for a little bit. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm going to go back to Asia. You know, that's the big plan. So I just focus on my younger brother. You know, I'll be the crew chief and sit in the stands if I got to. But, um, you know, I care about him a lot more and I love him to death. So, you know, and, and you see a lot of families, you know, actually give up. You know, they're racing um, stuff to actually give their family to uh, or give their family the opportunity to go race, you know. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, I was gonna. I wanted to ask you about your trip to Vietnam because now we're, I'm seeing pitch shots of you, and you're wearing that that traditional Vietnamese hat at the racetrack. Uh, you did spend some time there. Just tell quickly, tell us about that trip and why you went overseas like that. It looked like you had a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I was a student at Niagara University, and you know, I've lived in the Buffalo area my whole entire life, and you know, I, I really I like to travel and I like to meet different people. You know, I speak you know Spanish and English. I I know a few words in like 19 languages, so. What I really wanted to do is go somewhere where nobody has really gone before. And, you know, I mean, if you guys all know that there was the war back in the 70s, 60s and 70s and that um, over in Vietnam. And um, so I just wanted to see what it's like for myself. And, you know, I went over there. I lived with all Vietnamese students. Um, and I really spent time with just Vietnamese people. You know, I didn't really, I didn't live like an American. You know, I, I budgeted to where I was I spent $5,000 in five months. So, um, you know, I got the real experience, and, um, you know, I, I really fell in love with it over there. And, uh, you know, uh, one of my really big goals is to, you know, invest in, in a school system up in the rural areas of the north part of Vietnam. Um, we're actually happy uh, blessing to go up there and teach English to them uh, for a little bit of time. So um, the whole hat deal, I thought it would be cool to bring them back. <laughs> so I'm getting brutal up here in New York. Um, of the recent years, and, uh, you know, it keeps the sun out, you know, and we're going to get one over to Mel Thomas, so for those that, you know, look up on top of the towers, make sure you give Mel Thomas a wave with, uh, you know, with um, Thomas Video and Weedsport Productions, because, um, you know, he's going to have, uh, they're called a non la, so N-O-N-L-A, that's uh, what the hat's called, but, no, Vietnam's just incredible, people are amazing over there, and, you know, I really look forward to get going back over there. Well, Tyler, like like you mentioned, uh, I've known you for not not a long time, but I have known I've known you since you were a kid, uh, going to the races with your dad and everything. Great to see you develop not only into a, a pretty good race car driver, but a great person. It sounds like again, congrats on, on the wins last weekend, and thanks for the time this morning. You know, I appreciate you having me on here, sir, and uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you around. But um, you know, none of this would be possible with the people who have helped us throughout the years. You know, and and I know. He's not around anymore, but, you know, Pizza Logs did so much for us and so many people around um, the New York area, Pennsylvania area. But, you know, now that we flipped this new chapter, 1911 established, Beacon Skiff Apple Orchards, um, Downtown Deli, Grand Ave, uh, Legal Shield, and the MWH content. So um, shout out to my father, my mother, and my brother for always being there. And uh, thank you, Dave, for all you do for dirt racing. And you do a hell of a job up on that microphone. So, um, you know, a lot of the racers, you know, I know they're out there thinking of you, um, and I just want to thank you forward. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Yeah, see you, sir. All right. Tyler Walker from uh, the NY6A Micro Sprint Tour 
and again picked up wins at Weedsport and Paradise last weekend. We'll uh, get some more local racing results here when we close out the show with the local racing roundup. Phone lines will be open too. Once again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. We wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. You visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And actually, we'll go back to Monday night. Little Valley Speedway had a great show, great turnout. Max Blair got the win in the Super Late Models over Russ King and Greg Oaks. John Waters in the Crate Late Models. Eric Rudolph won the BRP Big Block Modified Race over Matt Williamson and Ricky Rickner. And Mark Chitty won the BEI Sportsman Race over Chad Chevalier and Andy Smith. They had 44 sportsman cars. Jeremy Wonderling got the street stock win there at Little Valley on Monday. Thursday night, Genesee Speedway had a special show on Thursday featuring the ULMS Super Late Models. Brady Wonderling taking advantage of Max Blair cutting a tire late in the race to pick up the win over Charlie Powell and Greg Oaks. Kyle Inman got the sportsman win. After uh, uh, Ricky Newton hit a lap car on the final lap, did some damage to the shock tower on the right front of Ricky Newton's car. So Inman got the win over Andy Smith and Ray Smith. Don Newton getting the win in the mini stocks. Bailey Logsdon in the bandits. A big thank you to uh, Rich Vlack and the folks at Genesee Speedway for the hospitality on Thursday night. Had a chance to go there uh, with my daughter, and uh, we had a fun time there Thursday night at the Genesee Speedway. Friday night, Lancaster Dragway. Steve Harkovich getting his first career uh, top eight win there at Lancaster. Dale Eckert in top ET. Jeff Curl in mod ET. Jerry Vaughn in bikes and sleds. Derek Kovac in street ET. And they had a special race for the junior dragsters. And Alexandra Young beat her sister Victoria for the win there Friday night at Lancaster. Ransomville Speedway. Eric Rudolph outdueled Ryan Susie late in the race to get the modified win. Chris Bierick in the sportsman. Kenny Camage in the street stocks. Robbie Johnston in the novice sportsman. The uh, four-banger feature got rained out with 10 laps to go. They'll finish that up uh, this weekend at the Big R. Lancaster Speedway last night. Kevin Miller getting a first-career sportsman win. Great to see him get that. Young man that's done a lot of hard work to get there. Rich Sharp, win number six in the street stocks. Bobby Woke, his second win in the uh, four-cylinder division, and Tommy Reese was uh, declared the winner of the Race of Champions Superstock event. Race of Champions Modified Series at the Oswego Speedway last night. Matt Hirschman getting the win in dominating fashion, uh, holding off a hard-charging Patrick Emberling in the closing laps. Mike Leedy finishing third last night at Oswego. Genesee Speedway last night, it was Brad... Messler in the Crate Late Models. Kyle Inman, a, another sportsman win. Dave Dubois, a 360 Late Model win. Byron DeWitt in the Street Stocks. Brad Shepard, another mini stock win. And Bailey Logsdon got her second week, uh, second win of the week. She winning winning both Thursday and Saturday there at Batavia. Uh, and State Line Speedway last night. Max Blair, another win in the Super Late Models. Dennis Lunger, another Crate Late Model win. Matt Harvey getting his first ever Pro Mod win. John Boardman in the Street Stocks, Tommy Kaczynski in the Super Sportsman, and Pete Volpe in the Challengers uh, there last night at uh, State Line Speedway. Uh, Holland and Wyoming County were off last night. Freedom, another rainout for those folks, unfortunately. Uh, on Friday night, as uh, some storms rolling through Southern Erie County there Friday afternoon, so tough break for them. So we'll uh, get back at it next week, and uh, some big races coming up on the schedule. Big weekend, uh, two weeks from now. Uh, with uh, you've got the Race of Champions Modified Series, you got a doubleheader Friday, Spencer, Saturday, Holland, and then Sunday you've got the World of Outlaws coming back to Ransomville Speedway. So that is going to be a huge weekend. I'm going to be worn out after that weekend, uh, two weeks away. Oh, actually, I forgot about Merrittville last night. I'm 
appreciate Fran, as always, sending me the results. And it was Tony Kelly in the mini stocks, Rob Murray in the Hoosier stocks, Greg Rauscher in the novice sportsman, Brent Bigelow getting two wins last night in the mod lights in the sportsman, and Gary Lindbergh in the 358 modifieds over Chad Brockman and Pete Bicknell. Humberstone in action tonight at 6.30 over in Port Colborne, Ontario. Full five division show, plus a Racers versus Racers demolition derby. So that should be fun uh, at the Humberstone Speedway uh, tonight. Uh, they had a great show uh, last weekend, the holiday weekend. They had a great turnout for their uh, $1,000 to win in all division show last weekend. Good to hear. Nice profile of uh, Linda Costco this week and Larry Ott's column in the Buffalo News. So good to see uh, plenty of great news over there at the Humberstone Speedway as uh, they do a great job each and every Sunday night. Also, uh, again, uh, it was great to get to Genesee on Thursday night. Uh, don't get to go there often because they run on Saturdays, and I'm, you know, usually at Lancaster on Saturdays. And if you missed the Thursday show they had this week, they've got another Thursday night show, July 20th, of course. They always uh, take the, the weekend of the Genesee County Fair off. Uh, to open up the facility for the fair events. So they've got another, uh, and it's a full uh, regular show for them on July 20th. So again, if you don't get a chance on Saturdays to to head to Batavia and Genesee Speedway, uh, they've got another Thursday night show coming up. And a neat little racetrack, and they put on a good show with their late model and sportsman divisions. And again, thanks to Rich Vleck for having me out on Thursday night. That'll do it. Uh, Of course, uh, New Hampshire next week for the Cup Series. So uh, stay stay tuned, and maybe we'll get some silly season news this week. We'll stay on top of it. Uh, You can tweet us during the week at Fast Track 550 and follow our Facebook page, too, always posting news over there as well. Have a great Sunday. We'll talk to you next week here on Fast Track on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.